Bannon. Cut to. Exterior. Interior. Restaurant. Bar. Club. Day. Night. What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to Restaurant Fiction, the podcast where we review fictional restaurants, bars, and clubs featured in TV and film. My name is Monis Rose. I am your host of Restaurant Fiction. Now, we have gone through a two-year break, a two-year hiatus, and there was good reason for that. We wanted to think how we can really improve Restaurant Fiction from the first, I guess, few episodes And we figure that out. We are actually bringing you writers, directors, showrunners, executives, producers, pretty much any credible folk who has had a hand in said reviewed fictional restaurant, bar, and club. Speaking of which, today's guest is Phil Keller. Phil has TV credits up the wazoo, if you know what I mean. He was a huge writer on Hollywood Squares, The Red Fox Show, He pretty much had a gigantic hand in Doogie Howser, MD, you know, that small show that put Neil Patrick Harris on the map. He even consults on the Saturday morning series, The Inspectors. All of those TV credits are nice and all, but that's not the reason why he's on Restaurant Fiction. We've invited him on the show because he is an aficionado on the bar featured in the 1990s sitcom Martin, starring Martin Lawrence. That bar is called Nipsey's. He also knows a thing or two on the restaurant Pops' joint, which was featured in The Wayans Brothers on the WB, when, of course, CW was called WB. Here is the review of Nipsey's and a conversation with Phil about the Detroit Institution, as well as insight on writing and developing TV. Enjoy. Phil Keller. He is uh, obviously, um, he has a long, long list of credits He's talking about the inspectors, um, which is on a CBS, and he served as a um, consulting producer. A consulting producer. But before we even get into any kind of uh, inspectors, if we will, mm-hmm. uh, I invited Phil here because he is an aficionado on Nipsey's, and Nipsey's was a bar that Restaurant Fiction uh, went to. So. Without any further ado, so Nipsey's is a Detroit bar. Yes. And it is located in uh, uh, the Elmwood, the, excuse me, I want to get this right, the name, the uh, uh, Elmwood uh, Park area. Like, it's near the Garden Court Apartments. Um, you know, it's right, right around the river, not really downtown, not really in the hipster downtown or the trying-to-be-judgification and in a way, that's a good thing because yes. then no hipsters in the no Nipsey. hipsters <laughs> at all. Yes, no. and locals only. <laughs> in, in a way, in a way, but you know, Nipsey's would accept the hipsters. I, I feel they would they, accept anybody. Yeah, they really, really yeah. would. Yeah, and the reason why we say that, and the reason why, and this was really good because so on the outside, Nipsey's would appear as a classy joint. Um, they have these like red. 
um, excuse me, they have these green awnings. Yeah, it was um, a very nice entryway. Yeah, very, <laughs> very nice. Almost like as if um, they were getting ready for Frank Sinatra to come in. <laughs> right, right. But, and, and so when then you walk in, the only people wearing the nicest duds are the bartender and the cocktail waitresses. Pretty much. Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we had two cocktail waitresses, and it, one, one was the character was Tracy, and that was played by Kalita Smith. Kalita went on to do Bernie Mac, played Bernie Mac's wife on the Bernie Mac show. And uh, I'm, I, I'll remember the, the other girl, too, but there was two cocktail waitresses and Nipsey, basically, and that was kind of it for the main characters that ran Nipsey's. You know, and luckily, they did class up the joint because other than that, it's called, you know, there are characters in Nipsey's. And um, no pun intended, but these are not just questionable characters. These are just characters. So, you know, what I really enjoyed or what Restaurant Fiction really enjoyed about Nipsey's was they don't focus on entertainment, meaning there's, they don't have money for a DJ. No. They don't have money. They don't even have money for, for no. a live band. No. I mean, there is... There but we did a, have the Outcast play there. You, okay, yes, you the did. The Outcast played there because we did a show called uh, All the Players Came. We did an episode called All the Players Came. And that night it was Dolomite. It was uh, Rudy Ray Moore. Pam Greer came as uh, herself. Uh, Coolio. Antonio Fargas. Huggy Bear from right. Starsky and Hutch. Uh, Freddy's on the Corner. <laughs> uh, and uh, who else was it? I, I think it was, uh, I forget who else, but it was called All the Players Came. And it was, like, it was a contest. It was like, Martin, we did an episode about a 70s contest. So all, everybody came back to Nipsey's for that night. And Outcast played. And it was, it was one of those episodes where you go, wow, look at all these people. Look at all these fantastic people in Nipsey's that night for that performance in that contest. Besides, so you, you had you had more you had better people to look at than just the bartender or the cocktail waitresses. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the the food we found at Nipsey's was subpar to a bowling alley. It just yeah, doesn't it wasn't it wasn't a high, you weren't or, you weren't ordering a chateau neuf de pop. <laughs> With anything. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. It was, I mean, if you want your potato skins, if you want your onion rings, yeah. I'm sure you can get a better deal and on sale at the local convenience store. Yes, <laughs> yeah, you could probably get it out of a vending machine better. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of wine yeah. goes good with that? Well, yeah. vintage four o'clock would be fine. Detroit needs Nipsey's is what uh, Russian fiction says. Yes, that's true. I mean, it, it, was, it was a place that was jumping, you know? It was a joint that was jumping. And uh, I remember we did the uh, 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 whole lotto fever where Martin thought he won the lotto, and he did a backflip all the way down the bar once he saw the numbers on it. But, of course, the episode ended, he mistook the numbers. And he was already spending the money. So, of course, that's a typical Martin episode. But uh, he did do, we, we, we did have uh, him do some uh, backflips across the bar. Not Martin Lawrence himself, but somebody that looked incredibly like him. 
And that is why uh, we recommend Restaurant Fiction. Of course, Phil Keller recommends Nipsey's. So long live Nipsey's. And please, uh, the city of Detroit, keep Nipsey's. And Nipsey's keep Detroit alive. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Go so, there. So, yeah. So, Phil, how was, how was that review? I was nice. I, I thought it was spot on. I really did. I mean, I thought everything you said about including the jazz and everything, uh, it, was a, uh, it was spot on. I would, I would totally agree with everything you said in that review. I mean, uh, yeah, because I don't we, have, a, I don't have yeah, an yeah. issue with any of it. Excellent. Excellent. I mean, um, we, yeah, because we liked, we liked, I mean, the saxophone and the fancy art and the, you know, obviously in the set or, you know, on, in the bar. Right. I mean, and we loved always the bartender wearing almost like all he needed was the jacket and it was a three-piece suit. Yeah. And Sean, of course, <laughs> yes. played Nipsey, who was great. It was fantastic. Fantastic. And, yeah, and we had the, the rehearsal dinner for the great, you know, uh, Wedding Bell Blues there. Which is uh, an episode that you wrote. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. so tell us about really quick. Tell us about that. I mean, that episode since uh, you had a hand in it. Uh, why set one of the most important meals inside Nipsey's? Well, you know, we, because it, it, the the one thing about that is it, we had so much fun bringing all the families together, and some of them were staying at Martin's, and we needed that big block comedy scene, you know, and. Where are you going to stage it beside Nipsey's? Uh, because you have the, all those families and all those personalities. We had Motherland Martin. We had, the, uh, you know, we had every every conceivable family member, and we knew we we were writing for an explosion, you know, where everybody just was going to blow up, and where better than Nipsey's? Because you're going to have dinner and people are going to get a little crazy <laughs> and people are going to talk and people are going to drink. So you want to build to that scene and that's the perfect place to have it was Nipsey. How many times is Nipsey's pitched in the writer's room? Nipsey's is probably always pitched. I think when you're, when you're, when you need a location, you have uh, certain locations in your, uh, in a multi-camera show where you're going to set scenes, so you're always going to go to Nipsey's. I mean, pretty much in every episode, you're going to go to Nipsey's for a conversation or a, you know a bigger, a bigger scene. So uh, I think when you're designing a story, uh, you're breaking that story and putting it in different locations. So whether it's an intimate conversation or a, a conversation that gets bigger among more people. Uh, I, Nipsey's would probably always come up in every episode once Nipsey's is established because Nipsey's wasn't there uh, for the first two seasons, I believe, because, uh, you know, he had the radio show. Right. So when Nipsey's came in, it took that place almost of that uh, set. So, uh, yeah, I think Nipsey's plays into all of it, especially like uh, we were talking about the whole lot of fever, mm -hmm. whole lot of fever, right. L-O-T-T-O fever. Um, where he it, does all the backflips. Where he does all the backflips. Mm -hmm. And of course we had a, you know, a, a, a stuntman come in and do the backflips, but it was so seamless, you know, uh, in editing, but it was just such a perfect thing for Martin, you know, when he realizes he won the lotto, which he didn't. <laughs> uh, 
those backflips down the bar. I mean, it was a it was a huge laugh for us as writers, but a huge laugh when we played it back for the audience uh, that came in that night for the taping. So Nipsey's is always going to play into pretty much every episode because you always look at how many sets you have. Where can we do these scenes? Nipsey's standing set. We're going to do intimate scenes there. We're going to do big scenes there. So, yeah, it always comes into play. Why is the jazz motif important? You know, I'm not sure how that came into play, but it sure looked like that was the tone of Nipsey's, you know? It was that kind of Miles Davis kind of place in a way. I mean, yes, Bowling Alley, which you described right, very the well, food, the yes. food. But I think the atmosphere was, was that kind of, uh, you know, Miles Davis kind of hang. So I think the art was important and, the, and that saxophone was important to set up that kind of laid back improvisational lifestyle that's going to be in there. Gotcha. Yeah. Does Nipsey's have a twist on the normal bar scene in a TV show? You know, when I look at Nipsey's from now, from this perspective, after mm -hmm. having done the show, going in there and looking at watching a film, uh, a scene being taped in there, uh, my feeling, personal feeling, was I like it in there. I, like to I would like to hang out in there. So, yeah, I would say in that respect, I, I think it was like a cool place to, the way it was designed, I mean, you design it with your um, art director right. and your set designer comes in and they show you... Um, uh, sketches that they want to do and you go okay and this is good and they usually have your thoughts in mind already before you um, build the set but once it's built I thought wow I would like to kind of hang out in here I maybe I wouldn't want to order too much <laughs> if I just want yes, to drink that's true that's true yeah yes. <laughs> maybe I want to send something back uh, <laughs> maybe I want to wash my hands a lot. And don't order a hoppy IPA here at Nipsey's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. But I think the, the hang was great. Okay. You know, the hang was very cool. I like the way it was designed. Why have the characters always go to Nipsey's instead of any environment, in any other environment? Why not just keep it in Martin's apartment or Shanene's mm -hmm. uh, salon or... Right. Well, I think you've got to get away from... You know the the that it's it's why um, Friends had Central Perk. It's why uh, um, Seinfeld had the, their restaurant that they hung out at, and the Soup Nazis and all that stuff. It's you you need a place for the group to hang outside of their their comfort zone and to discuss whether you know. Or to have big scenes, uh, to really uh, have a place to hang. And it, it doesn't work for every show. You know, there's not a, when you're designing a show, you're, you say, where are these people going to live? Where are these characters gonna, going to not only work, but hang out? And those places that you create when you're uh, developing a show create scenes for you. They create places to 
have scenes. So that's why I think restaurants and bars come into play a lot, not just in multicam, but in single cam also, because it's a place for them to kind of loosen up, have a drink, talk, have those big party scenes, you know, all those things kind of play into when you develop a show, where are these people going to live? Where are they going to, where's, where's the show going to live? It's not just going to live in an apartment and a workplace. There's another place. What is that? Is it a bar? Is it a restaurant? Is it a... So it helps the actor out in a way because um, I'm getting the sense, okay, I, I see a scene at the house. I'm going to act a certain way. But then I see a, um, you know, interior bar and my character has a drink in his hand. Oh, I'm going to act a, a different way. Right, exactly. Yeah, I'm going to relate to my characters in a different way. Whether I'm, I've had a couple of drinks or I'm just mad or, you know, whatever that situation is, you can do it in a uh, place outside of an apartment or a house or, you know, where the characters come together in a more um, um, kind of constrained way because it's, that's their family, that's their life. This is their hang. This is their fun. So the, the energy kind of moves up a little bit. How significant is Nipsey's to the show, Martin? I think it was huge, huge, because it, it gave, you know, it, it, it gave us a place to um, hang out, of course, but have big scenes, um, talk about stuff in a, uh, uh, a restaurant situation where you're not in the workplace, you're not at home. And I think that's why bars and restaurants and stuff, uh, places like that, work so well in sitcoms. Because it, it, it gives you that air from the family life or the workplace. It's that, it's where everybody wants to go anyway. Yes. It's where everybody, you know, you, you, you're frustrated. You want to go after work or, or you want to go. I want to get some shitty bowling food. Uh, yeah. I mean, really. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's where we all want to go. So, yeah. 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 I think Cheers set it up that way, you know, in a way. It's like where everybody wants to be, where everybody wants to be seen, talked about. You contributed to this book called Inside the Room. Yes, I did. Yes. Yes. And, uh. So you mentioned a lot about always getting, uh, like, the idea of pitching a show you want in the back of any writer's head, how are you going to get 100 episodes? Like, you know, the, the 100 episodes, the right. syndication, the FU money. Yeah, that, that yeah which, is, which is probably less now. It's not 100 episodes anymore, but it still, does the show have legs? Can right. it go on? Can you, can you do 100 episodes in your mind anyway? You know, when I was first coming here to, to do this with you, Manas, I, I, I looked at the shows I've done. At least 10 shows that I've done at least have a bar or a restaurant in them. I mean, Red Fox was the first half hour I did, ever did, uh, as a writer. I, I had done Variety and all that other stuff, but that was the first show I did. And he, that was about a diner in, in New York City. And it was, uh, he had a diner slash newsstand, and it was Red Fox. I mean, here I am, and there's the, 
the premise. I mean, there it is. He's working his restaurant. And it's all jokes about catch of the day. Here's a can of tuna. Catch. That's the catch of the day. You know, you're doing jokes about that. But it's about that. That's where he works. He has a diner in New York City. You know, and Sinbad was on that show as the, as the cook, the foster's son. We had uh, Vanessa Williams was the waitress for one episode. So, yeah, if I can trace it back to pretty much every show, there's something in my entire writing what? career has some bar or restaurant in it. Do you, when you're cr- developing a show, do you just say, I have to put a bar in here? I have to put a restaurant in here or is it coming a more naturally or is it even coming from, Hey, if I put a bar in here, think of all the funny situations I can have. Characters really sell shows. Uh, premises don't. You have to have a strong premise, but the premise, every premise has been done in one way or another. I don't care what you think of. You can think of the strangest premise. It's been pitched or shot or, or, or developed in one way or another. So the characters really help you develop that show. You know, so I think that does come into play almost all the time. You're creating that space for those characters to have those emotions in that free space or whatever it is. It's that, that kind of playtime almost, you know. We can be who we are because we're having a drink or we're eating or whatever or dating or, you know, those scenes. You're always, you almost always come back to that bar restaurant place. I, I, there's not that many places where you can put into every episode that will work besides a bar or restaurant. It's not taken lightly either. The, no, the bar no. restaurant, like, hey. No, it has to be right for the show. It can't be, well, like Martin, you know, that's a very specific bar, restaurant, uh, Friends, all those places, very specific. Friends was that coffee uh, uh, place, you know. So it has to be really integral to the show. It can't be just a, well, let's just give them a, you know, a diner or whatever. Phyllis had a big hand in the Wayans Brothers, uh, the TV show on the WB when before it was the CW. Yep. Now, uh, if you don't mind, here is a Wayans Brothers question. Because, sure, sure. Yes, love um, those guys. Oh, I, um, oh, really? Had a good time. Oh, I absolutely love them. All right, good, good. Yep. In the episode called "Family Business," um, it dealt with—I'll tell you—it it dealt with uh, heavily <laughs> with. Pops' joint uh, yes. heavily and also like trying to sell or trying to do new things. Yeah. I think uh, like a, it was like a new character or a new um, guest star wanted to try to change Pops' yes. diner up Bring a bit. Bring it in. in yes. To, to, yes. Yeah, uh, I don't know if they, we wanted to do foam at that point, <laughs> but it was, it was that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, how, did, uh, how did you personally treat Pops' diner the diner, uh, different than Nipsey's? Or were there also a lot of commonalities? Well, there were some commonalities. I, I think it was, you wouldn't go to Pops for the food. 
You know, you're not going to Pops for the food. You're going to Pops for Pops. Pops. Yeah, you wanted to talk to Pops. You wanted to get his, uh, his you know, and, and Witherspoon John is such a wonderful man and such a wonderful guy. But uh, you, I think you deal with both of them with respect for what they are. You respect Pops for what, you know, you're never going to bring Pops into foam or you know small portions or no. yeah <laughs> yeah what is that my steak under my garni yeah but we we have a couple of restaurants in la like that <laughs> yeah 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 many of them but <laughs> you treat it with respect because you want the end of the episode to come back to pops you want it to be pops again you don't want it to be the new whatever somebody's bringing changing pops around you know so I think you respect what you create. You respect Pops, how you created Pops, how you created that character, how you created that diner, how you created Nipsey's to be what they are. And yes, you may have an episode that's going to try to bring them into the hipster generation or whatever and make them a little bit more... Uh, uh, just a, <laughs> a soupçon of... Uh, sauce instead of hey here's your stuff <laughs> here it is here it is on the plate so a while i, I apologize phil while you're talking to me i'm still thinking about that joke the catch of the day with the red fox every time you <laughs> mentioned like hey catch catch of the day i like i want to use that actually it's yeah that just good. a can of tuna it's, what's the catch of the day here it's that it. good i'm <laughs> that's like the highlight of my week that joke right there <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> and he's still making us laugh. He's oh, I know. Yeah, that, that is it's gold is what yeah. it is. That's gold. That's yeah. better than a dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> what are the uh, fundamentals um, a writer needs to have when creating a restaurant or bar? You know, I think they have to have some sense of, of food and love food and love that. I mean, I'm a huge foodie, so I'm I'm okay out there. But I think you had, and we're okay as writers because we can Google any recipe or Google anything to put in the script. But you have to have some sense of how am I going to do either jokes about this or do it realistically. So you have to have some approach to it. And your experience, of course, always comes in to play, whether you've had, you know, we've talked about waiters or whatever, your experience in a restaurant always comes into play as a writer. And to me as a writer, you always bring your experience to it, you know, bring part of it to like, it. Was there ever a moment you're in the uh, writer's room eating lunch, obviously, because many writers just love the lunch we, part. Out of styrofoam, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and if, you get a, if, you, if you get that order wrong for a writer, it's... It's no, hell to pay. no way! <laughs> really? Yeah. And those poor assistants, those poor assistants, oh. they have to go out and get those lunches. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so they, they forgot the cheese on the yeah, yeah. cheeseburger, yeah, yeah, or the double double. Yeah, yeah. The world. Oh is... my gosh! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Writers live on their stomach, you know. <laughs> no. It shows, you know. Sometimes you're you're living on your stomach because you're uh, you may spend. Hours and 
days in a writer's room. So that lunch order is very no, important. No clean eating in the writer's room. They're, no, no probably, clean eating. They probably like the Mipsy's food then. Yes. I, actually, a writer's room, you just throw meat in there and shut the door. <laughs> what are you ordering at Nipsey's? And even, and even go... And Anywhere? See, <laughs> or, or you can also say, what are you ordering at Pops's too? Because you mentioned both. But You know, I, I would order a chili size. Where? At Nipsey's? At Pops, at Pop, basically. Pops's? Oh, Pops? Okay. Yeah. Pops, I would order chili size. Okay. Smothered steak at Nipsey's. Smothered steak at Nipsey's. And what are you drinking? Uh, probably a beer. All right, know. just a beer. Either Nipsey's beer. Yeah. Pops, something under the counter. <laughs> we had some white lightning, some hooch, something. I don't know. Maybe some meat, some ripened <laughs> yeah, yeah. meat going there, some <laughs> anything, fermentation anything stuff. Anything he was trying to sell. You know? Oh, man, that's like prison style. Yeah, like yeah. Everclear yeah, strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Phil, this, is, uh, this has been a pleasure. Oh, well, thank yeah. you. It's been yeah. a pleasure for me, awesome. too. Yeah. Thank you, Phil. That was fantastic. We really appreciate that and you uh, taking the time to come to our studio in Miracle Mile. For all of you listening, Phil, you can actually catch Phil in person. He teaches at UCLA with their extension program, so be sure to check out either online or one of their semester or seasonal catalogs. With Restaurant Fiction, you can always check out the reviews, including a full review on Nipsey's at restaurantfiction.com. Thank you once again. My name is Monis Rose, guys. And as always, keep it real, keep it fresh, and keep it on the flip side. Cut to. Exterior. Interior. Restaurant. Bar, club, day, night, fade out. Lowe's is here to help pros put more toward their bottom line with special Labor Day savings on what you need to get the job done. Like $40 off your choice of a DeWalt 12-volt max drill or 12-volt max impact driver featuring DeWalt's all-new 12-volt battery platform, now just $99. And whether updating a property or building new homes, save up to 15% off select custom windows and doors. Whatever the day, whatever the job, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 9-1, U.S. only. Lowe's is here to help pros put more toward their bottom line with special Labor Day savings on what you need to get the job done. Like $40 off your choice of a DeWalt 12-volt max drill or 12-volt max impact driver featuring DeWalt's all-new 12-volt battery platform, now just $99. And whether updating a property or building new homes, save up to 15% off select custom windows and doors. Whatever the day, whatever the job, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 9-1, U.S. only.